1: <laughs> Woo! All right, ladies and
2: gentlemen, we got, we got her laughing. We did get her to laugh, so we got her. We got her to laugh. All right, uh,
1: Nanci is host of the Business Bros podcast, along with my co-host.
2: That's oh, you. that's me. The insurance bro, James C.S. Uh, you know, usually there's a camera on me right here. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, true. The insurance bro, James C.S. with Pipeline Insurance.
1: And before we, oh, who do we got on the show today, actually?
2: Oh, we are so excited. Uh, somebody who has done so many awesome things in her professional career that she's not even allowed to drop names. Uh-huh. <laughs> right? So uh, just a lot of great stuff coming from Miss Jennifer Sherwood. Hello, how are you? Thank you so much for joining us.
1: Awesome. All right, Jennifer. Before we get started in our conversation, I want to make sure I remind our audience, 365 pairs of shoes is what we're trying to raise by the end of the year. So if you have a new pair of shoes, used pair of shoes, you want to donate cash, hit James up, 619-884-0045 or james.csfirst.com. He'll hop on his Harley. He'll ride out there and he'll pick up those shoes from you, do an Instagram story or not, either way. Um, but we really appreciate all the donations we've had so far and all the donations that are coming into the future. And uh, one more thing, I just can't from comic-con so there's going to be a video posted in the next uh, day or so i'll keep you guys posted stay tuned to our instagram story and see what's going on in san diego if you can't make your way out there which i think you should and check it out at least one day mm-hmm. um you can check out what we did we interviewed some people had some fun made some great shots
2: did we get another thor we did get another <laughs> thor so outstanding
1: be, be, t- be tuned for that
3: Stay All tuned,
1: right. jennifer welcome to the program
3: thank you happy uh, to be
1: here so you know, first of all, I, I always like to start off every interview with getting to know my guest before they were in their current field. So tell me a little bit about yourself. When, you, when did you, you know, what were you doing before and how did you decide to get into this?
3: Well, I went, I graduated from high school. I was 17 in Laguna Beach, best place on the planet. <laughs> then I went to business school and wanted to be a lawyer. So I bought a condo in La Costa. I was 18. And started going to business school, and then I decided I need to work while I go to business school, and I started an escrow, and here we are. <laughs> so, rather so, than getting a job, you started one. No, so I started in escrow. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So to just as a receptionist, just start. I didn't know what the word escrow meant. I thought it was a French word for a bird or something. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that was um, in 1977.
1: So. Everything stays the same. Nothing has changed since oh, then. Oh, nothing.
3: No. No more carbon paper. No more <laughs> <laughs> whiteout. Electronic yeah.
1: signatures. Yeah, nothing, nothing like that. Nothing. So, okay. So, so 17, 18 years old, you bought your first condo.
3: Correct. How'd you,
1: how'd you imagine? Most people don't go until they're like thirties before they end up buying a home, you know, maybe mid to late twenties. We were like one of the unique ones that bought at 20. Uh, how did you do it at 18?
3: Well, I wanted to get away from my family. They lived in Laguna. I wanted to be independent. So I saved $3,000 and La Costa was full of condos that were in foreclosure back in those days. So I did something on a land contract and I bought a condo.
1: So your first experience in real estate was your own purchase. Yeah. Which is great. Mm -hmm. So you at least knew there was an escrow process.
3: Uh, They came to my house and I signed like four documents and that was it.
1: Oh, okay, so yeah. Didn't no. even know what it was. <laughs> <laughs> Sign here and we'll give you keys, basically, yes, is all it. you knew. Okay, yeah. cool. Sounds so, familiar. Yeah, that's about the extent of we need. A we little different now. <laughs> so, you, so, so you end up going in as a secretary um, in, in escrow. Mm-hmm. Tell me about your first couple of experiences there. What was that like?
3: Well, I worked in La Jolla, beautiful spot, and it was... People would come in, I didn't know what anything meant, what anything was, but I'm an avid reader, so I just started reading everything to do about contracts, about forms, everything. It was all there for me, and I would contact people, uh, title officers, um, insurance brokers, everybody, and find out what they could tell me, what they could teach me. So that's how I started. And then after that, I became an escrow officer. There was an article written, I was the youngest escrow officer supposedly in California and i was by myself i knew nothing um, i literally had nine months of experience at that point and i just researched from here to high heaven and here we are
1: so you probably would have made a good attorney i mean attorneys is a lot of research a lot yeah. of figuring out you know former case law picking up a book picking mm-hmm. up you know different cases research. and reading 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 i mean it comes from a different time a different era i mean today i people do a lot of research, but it's very different than, than the way, you know, if I said Dewey Decimal System to any of my students today, they'd be like, what? (laughs) The difference
3: difference I think today, and I tell all the gals that I've trained in the last 20 years, uh, ever since really computers, now you hit a button and it just does it for you, but that doesn't tell you why Mm -hmm. it's so much better to know why. So I always tell, I'm trying to train people to learn why. Because then you can explain it, and then you know what's going on. It makes more sense. Don't just hit a bunch of buttons. Oh,
1: 100%. Uh, One of the first licenses I ever got was in taxes, and I learned to do tax returns on paper, so yeah. like if I wanted to go to the next schedule, it wasn't just like click the button. It was like, well, which schedule do you need? Go find the form, fill out the form, go line by line and figure it out. And then there's another section that says, you know, go to this other page. Okay, I'll grab that next page. But you knew the process, you knew the flow of it. So when they did shift over to computers, like. I could click on the button, but I knew why I was right. clicking on the button. I knew exactly. which schedule I was going for and why I needed that particular form. Now you came from a time there we were talking about carbon copies.
3: Correct. That's a, that's a little bit different. Selectric typewriters. <laughs> I could type 122 words a minute.
1: Did, did, did that help at least translate wow. to computers, or or have you have you have you maintained that like you know that old school approach where you know when you when you train your people you still train them. On paper and teach them how and why process
3: so when I, I was working at first American title when computers came out and they chose me because I'd be the least likely to learn computers and they chose a gal that was the most likely to learn computers so that they can come up with a good program which now is SMS so they came up with this program based on the person that would be the most difficult to learn and then the person that was the best
1: yeah, try to make it as user-friendly as possible yeah, so right?
3: I was the one that knew nothing <laughs> well tell me a little bit about the
1: story of, of of your journey from escrow how did you go from secretary and then decide to become an escrow officer I mean you had a plan to go to school this was supposed to raise money for school right and yet somehow you made it a career
3: well the kinda of lawyer I wanted to be was not a contract lawyer which in hindsight would have been better suited for me I wanted to be a children's advocate lawyer and then I did a lot of research on that because that's what I like to do, research. And I thought I'd probably end up being in jail after going after parents. <laughs> <laughs> when you do, when you knew their story, yeah, right? Yeah. So yeah. that so um, I don't I don't have the emotional stability to deal with children getting hurt. So that's mm-hmm. why I started paying more attention to escrow, and it was fascinating. I love property. I love architecture. I was born in England, so I love history. Uh, we have artists in our family, so forth and so on. So I, I love that whole old thing. Mm-hmm. So I wanna look at old buildings and understand how, why, that kind of a thing. So it just got more and more interesting. And as far as becoming um, an escrow officer, I was broker owned at that time, an old place called New Dimensions in the Living. I had just bought a house. I sold my condo, bought a house from these folks. And they said, well, you seem to know this process. So do you wanna come work for us? And that's how that started.
1: Yeah, it it, it, well, you know, learning the different processes and how things work uh, b- makes you that much of a better trainer. Now, since you've been doing this since the '70s, you've you've seen markets fluctuate. You've seen big booms and big busts, right? Um, and we're coming up on pretty much the end of another cycle. Um, what, what advice would you give agents that have never gone through that? most agents have been in the business, maybe two years, maybe through one license cycle, you know, one four year period. Um, they haven't seen anything like that. They may have heard of it, right? They may have heard of the the bus and they may know that short sales is a word, foreclosures is a word. But from your perspective, from the escrow perspective, you know, what, what advice would you give new agents coming into or to prepare them for a changing market?
3: Again, using the research word, what I would do is, I, and I've trained young agents, and some of them have become very successful. But I would probably look at the trend, and I would do a paper on it. I still write everything down, and then I would do just what you said: talk about short sales, talk about um, uh, cash and lieu or uh, deed and lieu rather, all those kinds of things. And I would go ahead and probably do i I, well i go back to farming too so you have a farm area and i would give out a brochure to everybody saying all those possibilities just to keep people in the know so to speak yeah um i it's super fun to come up and learn how to do this and you can be successful in the down market you You just have to know what to do and also another thing would be really cool is to get on board with like a chase bank or bank of america or somebody and get in their reo department or get um, access to their reos so you know how to uh, sell an REO.
1: So, And, and, you know, it, a lot of agents right now are really big and really heavy on buying their leads. And I think uh, one of the things that, that bothers me about that is that are not in, not really building a relationship with a lead source, right? Whether it's a networking event, whether you're part of like a BNI club or like you're saying, having a relationship with asset managers mm-hmm. to help do that sort of thing. Um, you know, that that's kind of, one of those things where I'm like, if you don't understand how to communicate with an individual, how to build a relationship where that trend, where, where, when the mic or when the cycle changes, you can actually, you can still have that resource to connect with. You know, those buying leads is, is it's going to dry up. Um, what, what uh, you, you've built some, I want to talk a little bit about your brokerage because it's kind of unique in the area of town that it's in. Um, how, how, important is it to build these relationships
3: well i have an escrow company so it's that's all it's based on i've been doing this 43 years and i have clients that i have had i to give you an idea i have an I had an escrow last year where they brought me the typed escrow instructions I did before computers on when they bought that house. So, <laughs> so they came back and they said, we have to show you this.
1: Yeah, <laughs> look so, what I have. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so relationships are everything, and in real estate as well. I mean, shoot, that's why I'm saying farm areas. Not everything should be on a computer right now. I think people need to go door-to-door still and go to functions and meet people and get to know people because bottom line is they have to trust you. If you're escrow, if you're real estate, if you're an insurance agent, if you're anybody, they have to know who they're dealing with, and that is so much better. So, yes, I would definitely still Just go out and meet people door to door, go to functions, go to neighborhood parties, go to anything in an area that you're comfortable with and build that business. Because for me, it's been extremely profitable and successful to know people because they know what I'll do. Mm -hmm. They know they can rely on me.
1: How many of them have become uh, essentially friends and family versus just clients?
3: Oh, shoot. That's most of them.
1: That, that, that makes all the difference in the world your business is primarily uh, I'm assuming 43 years in the business most of your business is referral based
3: um, escrow yes um, and like, like right now we're in uh, since I just opened up my own company uh, we're in a building mode right so we're going out door to door literally going out in caravans going to functions doing all the things i just said mm-hmm. and getting to know people again and they have to know you we just had someone say that last night oh my gosh now i know you i wasn't sure before now i know that kind of a thing and that's that's what it's like it's eye-opening it? correct
1: well let me ask you you've been in escrow for this for a long time what's it like transitioning from working for a company to owning one
3: um i've I've worked in upper management for so many years. Uh, I've The last company I had, which is a great title company here in town, I was there for 11 years. It was I was left alone, I did my own thing there, so that wasn't so much different. The one thing that is a big difference is a, the additional paperwork mm-hmm. <laughs> and all the stuff you have to do. But it's also a sense of freedom, I think. Um, hopping your own, you have more options you have you don't have to ask somebody can i do this or can i do that or what do you think of this i just have to ask myself
1: you get to try it at any yeah, time
3: exactly so it's it's worth it for sure and then
1: um being self-employed having your own business you know most people kind of shy away from that they don't want to uh, start over being in a business for so long you know and, and you're you're you've been in for 43 years how long has have you had the escrow company
3: we just opened it March 22nd of this year.
1: So, you know, 43 years in a business and then deciding to start one on your own. Can you walk me through, like, your thought process? And, and you know, most people are thinking, I'm done. I don't want to work anymore. And you're you're starting off and taking on more of a workload.
3: Right. Um, it's I have to go back a little bit. I got cancer in 2010. Oh. So breast cancer. So it was... A severe, not a stage four or anything, but mm-hmm. still had to deal with all that. So I've, I've always wanted to do this again. I had one a long time ago with a business partner I didn't care for, so I stopped it. But we went ahead and did this. So my oncologist, everyone was saying, well, you know, don't take on the extra stress. Don't do this. You need to get past these various stages. And it got to a point where finally I said, you know what, now it's time. Now it's time. I don't see myself ever quitting. Mm-hmm. I love what I do. I still get to help first-time home buyers. I get to help people buy huge mansions. Everyone and everything in between. It's fun. Mm-hmm. And so, if work brings fun and joy to your life, why ever stop?
1: That's so funny you say that. One of the one of the things I'm trying to stay away from. I, I teach high school in the morning. I teach a course called Financial Algebra. So I teach 17-year-old kids um, basically all the money habits that they need. All you know, stocks from entity structures to balancing a budget, buying a home, all these different things, just kind of introducing them, to that mm-hmm. sort of thing. And there's a section in there on retirement. And I'm trying to stay away from the word retirement now because I don't, I, you know, I know people who have, you know, my, you know parents, uh, uh, friends, parents that, that retire. And unfortunately, within a few years, they pass away. And I think it's because you decide within yourself that you're done. You say, okay, I'm done working. I've reached the end. And then your body kind of says, oh, we've reached the end. Right. And you kind of, you know, that's it. It's over. That's the
3: biggest dilemma, I think, and problem for older people that decide to retire. Everybody's going, "I I want to reach that year. I want to reach that month. I need to reach that day. It's my last day. Yes. Without thinking, okay well, maybe this is okay to be done with this job. Maybe I don't want to go there anymore, but let me do something different. Let me go work at a flower shop. Let me go work at helping kids or going to a school and being an assistant or something. You shouldn't stop. The moment you stay stationary in that recliner, your body, (laughs) Your, your,
1: your brain shuts down. Yeah, you do. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, I'm trying to stay away from that definition of retirement. And now I'm trying to tell my students, like, you need to figure out that that thing that that's inside each and every one of passion, some sort of. Yeah. Well, the thing that that we would do anyways for free. Right. And then figure out a way to make money at it. And if you can if you can turn that into your everyday life, you're never going to. Retire because you would have been doing that thing anyways. Right. You're gonna enjoy waking up every single day, and I and you know for me hearing your story, that's exactly what I see you doing. You're like, okay, you know, most people would tell you you're entering your retirement years. What are you thinking? And you're thinking, yes, this is what I want to do right. for the rest of my life. Right. <laughs> yes,
3: and my daughter works for me. And my goal always was to have her take over and then, okay, so I want to travel. Maybe I want to go back to Holland or do something and travel for a little bit. Okay. But then I come back and I can come work three days a week or four days a week or whatever is I want to do it to be the consultant there, to Mm -hmm. keep keep my foot in the door, so to speak. My options are open by doing that. I might want to work full time. Right now I work five days a week, but then I go home to my home office, I work till 11 at night and I work on weekends. I'm never stopping at my home office because it's fun Mm -hmm. and i'd rather answer those questions today and now versus having 75 questions pile up by monday morning
1: oh yeah yeah Yeah. well it's a different mindset you uh you know i always tell people that if you wake up in the morning your alarm goes off and you hit the snooze button you're literally telling everybody or yourself that you'd rather be unconscious for your life than conscious for it right and and when you find that thing that drives you it's not really work you go home yeah and you work but You're having fun. That's the thing that makes you happy. It puts a smile on your face Mm -hmm. to complete a project, to finish up. And when we were kids, my you know, everywhere we moved to, we, you know, we grew up moving place to place. But one thing my dad would always do is he'd go in the backyard and, like, I, I know he'd, we'd get a new place and he'd scope it out. And he's thinking, I'm going to put the garden here, you yeah. know. And then here we go, all of us in the backyard with shovels, you know, turning the dirt and turning something that looked like nothing into something that grows and becomes beautiful. Because he liked to do it. We enjoyed that time together. And is it work? Yeah, it's work. But it's we were fun. meant to work. We're meant to work. Right. Well, okay, so so you're you got a unique experience here where you have so many years experience in this company and you're starting a new one. What kind of struggles have you have you had going from being an employee to now starting your own thing?
3: More than anything was I never watched the back end stuff before setting up the insurance policies, doing all the paperwork, getting, well, first off, getting the approval. I enjoyed building out our office because that's one of my passions. I love decorating. So I designed all that and it's fabulous. So I I love doing that. That wasn't work. That was fun. But oh, mounds and mounds of HR paperwork and all that. Now that's at my, in my, my my hands. I have Mm -hmm. to do that now. So that's, that was the most the difficult most difficult part. part, yeah, for sure. So um, took most, about eight months. Yeah, well, basically <laughs> developing
1: those system, putting those systems in place, yes. right? Did you have to do it from scratch, or were you able to reach out and and have a, a mentor that you can reach out to her?
3: I have the best real estate attorney for escrow in in Southern California, so that worked out. She ran a lot of the paperwork for me. She set up my name. Well, my name was amazing, but the she set up everything with the Department of Business Oversight, ran all that stuff. It's still doing it all. There's just so much mm-hmm. you have to fill out and complete. I never had to do that before. So as far as, that's the only thing I didn't like because it takes away from talking to a client or talking to a buyer or a seller and helping them figure something out or come up with a solution to a problem. That's more fun for me. Paperwork was, I mean, obviously I do paperwork for a living. Yes, it's a yes. different kind of paperwork. Yeah, so,
1: it wasn't the normal forms you were yeah, used to.
3: The insurance was the worst.
1: What, what, what part of that troubled you?
3: I had to fill out as an employer, I'm not exaggerating when I'm saying probably 60 or 70 pages of just answering questions. I had no idea what the questions even were. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what kind of policy was it?
3: Well, just for our health policies, our um, our life insurance policies, setting up all the E&O stuff, errors and emissions, mm-hmm. uh, the bonds I got, and I went overboard and killed. I, I wanted more on that because of the level that we do. Um, Setting up our four hundred one k's now, all that kind of stuff.
1: Oh yeah, that is definitely it's a handful. Work. Yeah, oh, yeah. Is it? Is it mm-hmm. a? Did you? Did you have to learn some stuff along the way? As far as you know, like maybe you knew what a four hundred one k was, what you thought you knew compared to what you you know how it is today, like now after you went no, through that process. No, I mean
3: I'm a I I'm one of those that looks at it every single day and always have. Mm-hmm. I like to watch things grow. Um, no, it's just the back end of it and all the laws that you have to know. So that's when I finally just said, OK, I have someone that does that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have the attorney that does it. And I have the insurance agent that does it. OK, I'm, out. I'm done.
1: <laughs> well, let me ask you, you've, you've, you've got a variety of different people. You said you work with you know first time homebuyers all the way up to the billion dollar process. Um, how much different is it working in the higher end market?
3: That's an interesting question. Um, the thing that I notice the most are the younger or first-time buyers or the younger folks are more excited. I mean, they're eaten alive by the excitement of it. It just is all consuming. They can't mm-hmm. wait, where which is very exciting. Um, the high-end stuff where oh, I need to go, I need to buy that twenty million dollar house or whatever is, you know. Yeah. It's just like, okay.
1: Yeah. Just, I'm just, okay. Well, I don't how know much if I'll it? ever even go there. Yeah. <laughs> what a <laughs> nice <laughs> problem. There.
3: You know what? I don't think so. No. That's the interesting thing. Um, everybody's level of happiness is based on self-fulfillment, right? Mm-hmm. So if you buy your condo for $350,000, you just did something pretty darn exciting and pretty cool, mm-hmm. right? You just did something for the first time. That gives you a high level of self-fulfillment. Yes, it does. Okay? So then you have one where you're going to buy, you know, a 15 20 whatever, million-dollar house, and you've done it 200 times. It's just doing it. It's not as big a deal. No. So, you know, in your
1: experience, you've met a lot of different people. Um, this is kind of, you know, on the outskirts, and no names or anything. But what do you notice about, you know, Different level income earners and as it relates to happiness, because that's something that you know when you're making you know fifty sixty thousand dollars a year and it's a dual income and you qualify for that three hundred fifty thousand dollar home, you're right. It's a big ac- accomplishment, and you know those type of people they have you know their normal day to day issues, but they also have their happiness. Then mm-hmm. you know people who are making way more, add a couple zeros to that, and you know and it's and it's is it the same i mean we're all human but what in your experiences what what you know what kind of level of happiness is there a correlation between that income level and and happiness
3: i don't think the income level equates to happiness it equates to less stress on some level Hmm. but i do think the stress is different for the for the lower income level like that you're you're very grateful for things that require a lot of work and energy. Whereas I think sometimes at the higher level, you almost forget how important certain things are. But I mean, everyone, I deal with people all from here to here, right? And they can be extremely happy all over the place. Mm-hmm. But I think the, the level of, Basic happiness and acceptance is different for first-time home buyers or people that have really scraped to get something because it's it's a harder accomplishment and it might mean more.
1: Mm-hmm. What what uh, what distinguishes you a little bit from other escrow companies? And I imagine it has something to do with the way you just described how you internalize. People as people, yeah, right. But you know, in your own words, how, how does your escrow company differ from other escrow companies?
3: You take it very personally. So, like I said earlier, I don't stop at five o'clock. I go home. I have a home office, and I check my emails till before I go to bed, eleven o'clock approximately. I'm a time management fruitcake. I believe in time management. Answer the question now. That way, you stop seventeen. 20 questions growing over a weekend, or someone's anxiety level, not having that answer right away. Mm -hmm. Like take someone that's just doing this for the first time and all of a sudden they see a report, they don't know what it is. Help me understand that. And they have to stew of it over the weekend. I'd rather answer it right now. And the same thing goes for weekends, I'm there. When I'm, when I'm on a vacation, you have my cell phone, you have a question, call me. I'd rather have it answered now.
1: Yeah, that makes all the difference in the world. I don't especially, know anyone else that does that. No, especially, you know, I've, I've had questions uh, come up during a transaction uh, on a weekend. It's not always the easiest to get a hold of people, um, and it's not just escrow companies. I mean, you're talking everywhere, whether it be your lender, whether it be mm-hmm. your escrow family, whether it be your real estate agent, even right. though they should be an insurance <laughs> agent, right? So, you know, having that level of service to, you know, really help close a deal is a significant aspect. It's not something that uh, people tend to overlook, and I think it's one of those things that really builds upon that relationship. And I think when you have an agent that comes in and experiences that. They don't want to go anywhere else, right? And, and so, um, well, that's you That's know, the goal. That's the goal. <laughs> that's the goal. What I want you to do is I want you to take a look at this camera right here. Right here, this is going to be you. And, uh, you know, with that in mind, let people know how they can get a hold of you. And you can also point down to the screen because your your contact info is on the screen. Um, just let them know how they get a hold of you.
3: All right. well i'm rancho santa fe escrow in rancho santa fe and i think that's what he's saying it's right there somewhere i can't see it that's too far away <laughs> <laughs> and you could always call or email email is jennifer at rsf for rancho santa fe so jennifer at rsf escrow and my assistant is my daughter tessa t-e-s-s-a at rancho santa fe, or rsf escrow and another thing i was going to say too is tessa well, she does our signings. Mm-hmm. She drives everywhere in the county or even to Orange County. Just to do it so that we know it's done right.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, that makes all the difference in the world. <laughs> the last thing you want is the day before closing. <laughs> yeah. You're missing something, <laughs> some page to sign. So, yeah. Yeah. you know, it's it's really helpful that that gets done. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I I have a two little last segments. One segment is uh, Ask the Bros. So you feel free to ask James or I. James's background is in insurance um, and ask us any question you like. And then after that I'm going to ask you to tag somebody and we kind of already talked about that in the end so hopefully you remember who you want to tag. So in either order,
3: go ahead. Well, I wanted to ask you about insurance. Sure. Do you do uh, areas that might be like a fire zone or something like that? Do you insurance, home insurance for that?
2: Yes. uh, To be... Completely honest, it has been rough over the past couple of years. It's been, uh, the insurance industry is getting its butt kicked. Um, But yes, we have been able to find a lot of markets, or not a lot of markets, but markets for a lot of those homes that are getting non-renewed and declined in brush fire areas.
3: And how about really high-end properties like that?
2: High-end properties as well. We've been, uh, there's one in particular that I know has a total insured value up to $10 million, Uh, so yeah yeah we we have
3: we have some problems sometimes so it'd be good to know
2: yeah absolutely good i'll get you my information
3: you should thank you (laughs) awesome
1: awesome and then uh who did we decide we were going to tag
3: garrett milligan
1: garrett milligan so what we're going to do is we're going to tag him here on the show um on the comment section we'll reach out to him see if we can get him on
3: that'd be awesome he's a realtor at compass realty
1: perfect we love compass people too
2: you
3: got him and i have my son Uh uh-huh cameron cameron Flexenhar. He has a fitness company.
1: Oh, definitely. Yeah. He's an
3: online fitness guy. Online fitness just, guys, Yeah Just starting to take off
1: Nice Yeah We'll definitely reach out To both of them Yeah uh, We love the Compass guys uh, they, they do a great job And then we always like To reach out to other businesses uh, Not in the real estate space right. Yet they always are That's the beauty Of what we do right <laughs> well, Everybody lives, yeah, Well that too <laughs> So yeah He's gonna be somewhat involved In a real estate <laughs> transaction Here and there yeah. But you know I'm just saying Like, like you know, That's one of the things That I try to push At least on our show Is get to know people around you mm-hmm. You know They may not be In the real estate industry But I guarantee you they live somewhere and they're either paying rent or they're paying a mortgage that's right and there's either a refinance opportunity there there's a referral opportunity in there or you could just be a value and give them information that they're looking for exactly so correct. build the relationships right that's right all right well, ladies and gentlemen, just a quick reminder, 365 pairs of shoes by the end of the year. So if you, uh, oh yeah, I'm looking at that camera. I'm used to having another one right here. <laughs> <laughs> so if you have new, use, new shoes, used new shoes, or cash that you want to donate, hit James up 619-884-0045 or James at csfirst.com. Uh, and remember, if you have any insurance needs, whether it's home, auto, personal, um, you want to add insurance into your particular business, maybe you have an escrow office mm-hmm. or a real estate office, tax office, let us know. 619 or james at csfirst.com. Jennifer, it's been amazing. I'm, Thank you. How was it? I mean, let's be honest. Great. Y- y- were you nervous? I mean, I know we threw the Facebook Live at the very end here.
3: <laughs> no, actually, I could talk all day about escrow. See? It's weird.
1: It's uh, You know, isn't it weird how how when you finally focused your, your education into one thing, you've done this for your whole life, it's almost like everything is about escrow.
3: It comes naturally. Yeah at least for me it does and uh, when you tie that in with your de- your desire to help people which i've been since i don't know i can walk i suppose it just seems like a hand in glove
1: yeah, perfect fit yeah well you did a great job i want to thank you for coming out i know you guys had traffic on the way here hopefully it's not too bad on the way out thank but you. thank you very much for coming on the show i really appreciate it thank you all right ladies and gentlemen that's all we got for you guys today peace
2: <laughs> and i'm out Bye bye
0: Thank you for listening to the Business Bros Podcast. Are you interested in being on the show? Are you looking to sell your home or have a business that needs insurance? Reach out to the Business Bros via email businessbros at csfirst.com right now or click on the link in the show notes. Thank you for listening and remember to subscribe and share the podcast with the business professionals who you think would benefit from the show.